Welcome to the Exec MBA Podcast. I'm your host, Brett Twitty, and you are listening to a new episode. On this episode of the podcast, I'm excited to share my recent conversation with Jim Collins. Jim is an executive career coach supporting working professional students here at the Darden School of Business. And he and I recently connected to talk more about his background, what he enjoys about supporting working professional students, as well as the general process and timeline for those students looking to make a career switch, that is change function and or industry through their working professional MBA program. I think you're really gonna enjoy this conversation. So without further ado, here is my interview with Jim Collins. Jim, welcome to the podcast. Oh, well, thanks very much, Brett. You know, delighted to be here with you. Good to see you again. Yeah, it's nice to have you back on the show. It's been a, been a little while. How have you been doing? Oh, uh, a great. Family's good. Uh, you know, very busy with a couple of courses that we've been teaching. And of course, the, uh, the uh, class of 23 is into uh, recruiting, trying to bring on board the class of 24. It uh, certainly keeps us hopping. Yeah, I was thinking about your schedule and just trying to find time for this podcast taping. So you are um, with the other members of the career team, helping lead the professional advancement course for the class of 2024. And fall of second year is really for those students in the program who are participating in recruiting. That's a real uh, busy time uh, for them. So a lot going on. Yeah, yeah. That's the major focus for the second year students. But uh, there are other students that are working on, you know, trying to engineer whatever transitions or transformations in their career that uh, they have in mind. Well, excellent. Well, tell us a, a little bit more about you and, and your background. I recognize that you've been on the podcast before many times, but it's probably uh, been a little while since folks have listened to that ep- those episodes. So uh, tell us more about you and your background. Well, sure. Uh, so my entire career has been built around organizational executive and management development. And I've had, I guess, three phases to it. Uh, I worked with consulting firms, mostly in that org psych, org development uh, space, uh, about 16, 17 years in senior executive positions with uh, trade associations um, running them. And um, and then the last uh, 10 years of my career, I have focused on helping on, on really career transition work, career transformation work, helping individuals um, establish clarity and direction for their whatever those transformations are. And I've decided to really dedicate this portion of my career to uh, to those seeking transitions with theirs. And you're one of the career coaches that work closely with our, our working professional students, particularly our, our executive MBA students. Tell us a little bit more about your role and, and what that looks like. Sure. Well, as I think about you know the, the, the fundamental purpose of my role and, and what I do um, is enable students to establish clarity and direction for their career transformations and, and uh, assist them with making whatever transitions they have in mind. Um, and to do that, um, it really, uh, really work on two levels. One is kind of helping them advance their thinking about the big picture career questions that they have, which is, you know, who am I and where am I going? What's my destination? What's my vision for my career? Who do I need to know in order to, you know, make that, you know, advancement? Um, what do I need to learn? And what are the pathways that I might engage in to, uh, to get from where I am now to whatever that endpoint is, and what does success really mean to me, both now and in the future? So that's the those are the fundamental questions. But in addition to that, uh, working with them on uh, helping to engineer that transformation, whatever that looks like, we tend to think of the students in in three or four major categories. There are a small group that are enhancers. 
that don't have a significant career agenda, but the, oh, I'd say 95% or more of the students come here either to, you know, transit, uh, pivot or transition to a new role in a new company, maybe a new industry. We call them switchers. Uh, there are those that are looking to ascend within their organization to positions of greater responsibility and or uh, find something that's more fulfilling. Um, and then we have in individuals that are looking to pursue some form of entrepreneur path, either to, to found a new business, to uh, expand an existing business, to acquire a business, or maybe just to join an early stage uh, company because they, they like that environment. So um, working with them on that, I think the, the, the transition work that we do has three major buckets. There's career education on those fundamental questions as well as uh, transition skills. Uh, there's, uh, there's coaching one-on-one um, uh, -on -one around those same questions and those transition skills. And then helping people get connected, connected to explore, connected to find new opportunities and uh, connection with our alumni base. One of the things uh, that strikes me as true about many of our executive MBA students is that they're probably exploring a few career paths at the same time. Would you, would you say that that's fair? Or at least that's my impression from talking with the students. Uh, so, yeah, that's an interesting question. Uh, as I think about it, um, while, you know, maybe half the class is there to transition to something new and maybe 40% of the class on average is there to climb and 7% or so to do an entrepreneur, pursue an entrepreneur path. The fact of the matter is almost all of them have some exploration agenda because at the very least, when they graduate, they'd like to, whatever, whatever career path they end up choosing, they'd like to, to be making that choice from a far more informed perspective. So they want to step outside, you know, their own, you know, professional sphere and, you know, take a look at career paths in other industries, roles, functions they might, might perform. Uh, just to get a better feel for what their options might be. And it, it's not uncommon for people to come in with, you know, several goals and for those goals to change throughout the course of their time during the program. Yeah, I appreciate that note because we ask a career goal question in the application, but the, the question actually states at this time, you know, essentially what are, what are your career goals and how does an MBA fit into it? And from our perspective, it's we're trying to signal that this is likely to continue to evolve, not only in the run up to the start of school, but as you are in the program, as you maybe reality test, hypothesis test, some of these things that you're considering, you get out there, you're doing informational meetings, you're applying for things, you're doing that self-discovery and investigation. We fully expect uh, that maybe your career interests will, will change over, over the 21 months of, of the program. Uh, usually several times. <laughs> so it, it is a journey and it's really a, a treat to be associated with, you know, a companion uh, with the students as they go through that exploration and, and clarification process. Well, Jim, I want to ask you about the professional advancement course because for the past couple of years, uh, the career team has really been instrumental in, in delivering the course. Um, what's that been like? Have you enjoyed that experience? Oh, tremendously. You know, the, uh, it, it happens it's in, in quarter one. Uh, so it's one of the very first classes that the uh, students will take coming in for the exec MBAs. For the part-time, uh, you know, they have a, a little longer runway for their program. So we put that in uh, quarter five, quarter six. Um, you know, roughly in the first, in the first, you know, 25% of the program. Um, 
And, and it goes back to those fundamental career questions that the students have. Um, whenever I, I take a poll of the students, uh, I, I propose two questions to, for them. The first is, how many are here to leverage the MBA in order to transform their career in some material fashion? And almost 100% raise their hand for that. And then the second question is, um, uh, to what extent do you have uh, great clarity about what that transformation looks like, your destination, and how you're getting there? And uh, almost no one raises their hand for that one. <laughs> so, so PAC is really designed to, to begin the process of considering those fundamental career questions. And just to, to repeat, it's who are you? Where are you starting from at this point in time? What is your vision or your destination? And uh, who do you need to know in order to help you uh, advance in that fashion? And then what do you need to learn? Uh, what are the pathways, you know, the school pathways, the community pathways, the work pathways, and maybe others that, um, that can, uh, you need to follow to achieve that, whatever that objective is? And what does success mean to you, both now and in, in the longer term? And there's no ultimate answers. You don't come out of the course having, having finalized your, your answers to those questions, but you've advanced your thinking about that. And uh, that, that uh, those are inquiries that I think, you know, continue throughout uh, a student's course during the, during the uh, exec MBA or part-time MBA program. One of the things that's also interesting to me about PAC is there's so many connections that are made amongst the students uh, during this course, people realizing like, oh, maybe the student is working at a company that I'm really interested in, or maybe we have a similar career aspiration or, or interest. Oh, you know, that's an excellent point. It's, it's my belief that 50% of the career support uh, and, and career value the students get from coming to this program uh, comes from the, their fellow students. And so we take a lot of time to try to, you know, do what we can to help build that career community, support community among the student body, not just within your class, but also with the, you know, the second years as well. So, um, uh, it, it, it takes a village <laughs> I think, to help uh, any given student with whatever the career agenda might be. And one of the things that I find very gratifying is tremendous amount of support that the students provide each other. Uh, it's a very it's a very helpful environment. What do you enjoy about working with students who are working while pursuing uh, their MBA? Oh, you know, <laughs> there's there is so much. The students are so interesting to me. Uh, on, on so many different dimensions, but maybe in a nutshell, um, the, the fact of the matter is that there is such you know, diversity within the working professional population uh, in terms of, of age and stage of career. For the exec MBAs, just as an example, they'll range from you know, their, their upper 20s to their mid 50s. And not only are they at different ages and stages of career, they're coming from a multiplicity of different industries and different functions, and they are headed in a, in a 140 different directions. And each individual, well, we can you know, categorize them into major categories that I've shared, you know, switchers and climbers and entrepreneurs and enhancers and whatnot. The reality is there's 140 or so very unique career quests that each and every one of them is on, and they unfold in their own unique uh, fashion at their own time, and that is altogether as it should be. So just, you know, being part of that discovery process and transition or transformation process is just uh, 
you know, a real pleasure. I appreciate your mentioning the diversity of students in, in the executive MBA program, the range of the class in terms of years of work experience is typically five to 25 plus years from a career standpoint. Uh, we share this with prospective students, but that means that, you know, people are kind of at different junctures in their career to your point, uh, come from many different industries. I think in the current first year class, there's 26 industries represented. There's typically over a hundred unique employers. So lots of different. Uh, employer backgrounds. And to your point, everybody's career goal is um, maybe maybe similar in terms of category of aspiration, but yet unique to the person. I always am struck by how the career team starts with the individual, really. You kind of have that career kickoff meeting, even you know, typically prior to the start of school, which is, um, it's a great first touch for the student to kind of introduce themselves. Oh, it is. And just to speak on the career kickoff meetings, I mean, it, it, for those listening in on the podcast, it's it's really an opportunity that you know, we take an hour, hour and 15 minutes, sometimes longer, depending upon the questions the student has. And it's our opportunity to really uh, get to know the students intimately. And, you know, what is it, not just what their background is, but understand the whys of their career and what it is they hope to achieve. And and then with those objectives in mind, to begin to, to sketch out a sort of preliminary action plan, what might happen and when during their time in the program to uh, help them achieve whatever those objectives are. Of course, that all changes, but you know, uh, the planning is the important part, and we can cont- continue to work with them as they modify those plans to help them you know, continue to kick the can down the road, so that you know, upon graduation, they've uh, they've uh, achieved whatever they set out to do, um, and achieve their reason for coming to uh, Darden. Uh, once again, to transform their career in some material fashion. One of the things that's interesting to me as I've talked with the members of the career team and how they work with students is they'll often say that, you know, we play a lot of different roles in these interactions. We might be an accountability partner. We might be a cheerleader, you know, encouraging the student. Um, can you talk a little bit about some of the different hats you might wear as you work with work with a student on this kind of individual one on one basis? Uh, sure. So um, uh, there's a bunch. <laughs> Um, it really depends upon the student and what their needs are. Um, but, you know, fundamentally, it's it's uh, it's a sounding board. One thing that occurs to me, you know, just helping them, you know, listening to them, their ideas uh, and helping them put words to the issues that they're wrestling with and then step those down into some sort of action plan or prep or programmatic solutions that might help them, you know, take a step or two forward. Uh, and then, of course, the landscape changes and they've got to make new plans. Um, but in addition to that, there's a there's an education role, uh, education, not only on those fundamental questions, but all the the components associated with transition, you know, defining your your gifts, your talents and strengths, stepping those down into a professional brand or identity, putting together the marketing materials one needs to to if they want to take themselves to market or climb within their organization um, to to think about their their transformation strategy or their transition plans uh, um, to uh, enhance their interviewing and networking skills to negotiate job offers and so forth. Um, there is that connection piece that I referred to earlier, where we are connecting them to relevant individuals uh, for whatever their, their career quest might be, uh, whether that's alumni, whether that's um, uh, connections with employers uh, or companies that might uh, connecting them with opportunities. Uh, we have a very robust um, recruiting function here at Darden. Um, 
and and as you've mentioned, uh, for some individuals, uh, it is challenging to find the time to devote to your career quest. And you know, an accountability partner is always a useful thing. We do wear that hat as well. Yeah, that's one of the things that has always struck me as nice about the professional advancement course, PAC, that it's built into the curriculum, right? So as you are getting started as an executive MBA student or as you're kind of working through the conclusion of that first year as a part-time MBA student, you have time in the flow of class and, and the curriculum to ask these questions, to begin this investigation that really will kind of help set you on a path uh, to continue your career work as you go forward. You know, the interesting thing about that is that, and, and, and I think the challenge for the working professional students is that while they're, for most, their primary objective is to leverage, as I said, that MBA in order to transform their career in some substantive fashion, the, the challenge is find the time to do so. Uh, you know, given the demands of the more pressing and more immediate demands of their job, their family, and of course the program itself, um, uh, it, it's very easy to continue to defer work on your reason for being here, you know, which is, hey, I want to do something different with my life. Um, and so one of the exciting things about Darden, it is the only executive MBA program that I am aware of globally that actually requires you to take career classes, to work on your career um, while you're in the program. So it's in, in, to the extent it does that, it, it, it's an attempt to integrate all of your multiple agendas and, uh, and simplify your life as, uh, as much as we can. Well, I'm thinking about the time management aspect. Uh, if you are looking to make a transition or climb, you got you got to, or launch a venture, you got to find time uh, for these things. Are there any time management strategies you encourage students to employ as they're just trying to carve out, you know, some hours in their days to de dedicate to their career, career search? Well, I've attempted to do that, <laughs> but the reality is it all fails uh, because each person is, you know, has a very unique life situation. So, um, so what we recommend is that you, you just take a, well, I like to use the analogy, you know, how do you eat an elephant? You do it a bite at a time. So every month you're just doing something uh, uh, to, to work on whatever the relevant aspects of your career plans are. Um, and whether that's, that's an accountability where we check in, I have some students where we check in, you know, every couple of weeks at just 15 minute phone call. How's it going? What are you doing? Um, uh, how can we help you? Um, um, others we check in on a quarterly basis. Uh, that seems to be the major, the major, uh, tactic that we use. Well, it's interesting to hear you talk about just like doing a little bit maybe every day or every few days. It's a similar strategy when you talk to students about how they manage the, the workload of the program. You will oftentimes hear them say, don't let it build up on you. Do a little bit every day. Keep you know, Peter DeBayer, one of the economics faculty, uses a soccer metaphor, just kind of keep the ball at your foot, um, but just kind of continuing to sort of do a little bit of work. And it makes it makes it much more manageable. Good strategy uh, for for the career process, too. Um, so, Jim, I want to I want to talk a little bit more about you know, the process of switching uh, jobs, changing uh, function industry. I was struck after going to a number of executive MBA class of 2023 homerooms. It seems like we've had a number of students uh, in that class 
changed jobs over the first year or so of the program. And we undoubtedly have some listeners who may be considering uh, this program and kind of thinking about their career timeline and say, well, I might want to use the full 21 months of the program, but what if I want to make a switch during the program? You know, what does that process look like? And obviously, everybody's path is their own. But I was just curious uh, to kind of talk with you a little bit more about what the process looks like for students who might have a more expedited timeline. So you want to share a little bit more about that? Uh, sure. You know, the interesting thing, I'm, I'm thinking of one student in particular who <laughs> has already in his first year switched jobs twice and he's working on a third. <laughs> so, now, he is unique, of course, uh, but it is not uncommon um, for students to uh, to transition in their in their in the first year of the program. I, if I were to assign a percentage to that, I'd probably say maybe 15 percent. Uh, are, are finding a new opportunity within the first 12 months or so. Um, the, the process they have for that is um, really twofold. I mean, one is uh, they're, they're, they're perusing, you know, the, the job boards or finding opportunities they're, they're, and they're applying. Um, that's a, a low probability of success strategy. I mean, we certainly encourage people to do that. But as you know, um, you find a job opportunity, you apply for it. Um, you and, you know, 50 to 500 of your closest friends are doing the very same thing. It's a bit of a black hole. So uh, the odds are not in your favor. Um, but, you know, th this past year has been a very uh, uh, robust economy. Uh, you know, uh, a, lot of, uh, a lot of hiring going on. Um, as we came out of the pandemic. So it was easier to find uh, job opportunities in that fashion. The majority, however, are find that next opportunity through whatever you know, networking strategies they have. Uh, they're, they're finding them with their classmates. They're finding them with the, uh, the alumni base, or they're finding them within their own networks. Uh, you know, we have a lot of military people that are looking to transition. Most are transitioning at the end of the program, but some sooner. And and uh, and they find that next job through some sort of networking process. We work with them on those transitions, um, primarily around the tactical things associated with them. Um, you know, the resumes, the LinkedIn profiles, the interviewing, you know, helping them uh, get connected with opportunities, introducing them to alumni Um and uh, and negotiating job offers. Um, uh, those those are the primary things that we do to support them, and and if if they are looking to transition sooner rather than later. Yeah, I appreciate your point around networking, and I feel like this is a steady drumbeat in all of these career episodes that we've had on the podcast. Is that you know, networking is an important part of any job search. You have to get known beyond uh, your resume so to speak, or at least I, I think I've heard you say that before, Jim. Yeah, yeah, get known beyond your piece of paper. So that's that's my mantra. <laughs> so so uh, you know, it, it networking is 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 a critical tool. Uh, uh, and if I think about the transitions that people go through, some are far more complex than others. You have individuals that are say transitioning from the military to the private sector, uh, or they want to. They want to switch from, you know, some industry that they're part of to another industry and maybe play a different role. And they aren't they, they know they want to do something in, in, in a fairly radically different fashion, but they aren't clear necessarily about who they are and how that translates to that new industry or that that new role. 
and uh, and they aren't clear about how they will go about making that transition. So they are f- starting farther upstream. Uh, they're they're looking to explore, you know, different roles. They're looking to explore different industries. They're trying to to find out whether there's a realistic path to those new industries and opportunities. Um, and and it's a multi-phase process. You know, in that first stage. Uh, they are establishing some degree of clarity and they're finding industries and, and functions of interest. And then the second phase typically is one of uh, beginning to drill down into those that look like they have promise. And the third phase is then one of, um, of trying to engineer whatever that transition is that you have for himself to actually do the job search. Now, uh, it, it, this, the, the standard model that we have unfolds over 20 months for that. Um, but if we're accelerating that, um, the students usually have greater clarity about the role and function that they want to perform. They're just looking for a, a different location to do that. It might be in the same industry. It might be a different industry. But they're t- frequently going through more of a, uh, of a two-phase process where they're just um, exploring that, those target industries um, and then quickly moving to uh, to some sort of job search, you know, phase one or phase phase two process. Well, it feels like networking is just uh, omnipresent throughout this process because even once you start applying uh, for jobs, you're continuing to engage uh, those networks and keeping them posted uh, about the progress you're making. Yeah, I think you're networking to explore broadly. You're networking to explore in a more focused fashion, and you are networking to uh, to uh, for your job search and transition. So, the the substance of your informational meetings at each stage is going to, and you know, the, the the content or the agenda items, the questions that you're asking are going to are going to uh, change depending upon where you are in the process. But uh, you know, the networking process itself uh, is instrumental in every step along the way. One of the things that's always struck me as really interesting about the support that you provide students is that you help with everything from just getting started to negotiating an, an offer or, okay, great, you got good news. Let's figure out if this is something you'd want to do. Is there opportunity to sort of change these numbers or negotiate for other things? The negotiation piece strikes me as really, really interesting. And, and how do you approach counseling students on, okay, let's look at the offer. Let's think about uh, where there might be some opportunity here. Sure. You know, it, 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 it depends upon, you know, the, the student's um, position, their leverage, um, the, the typical, I mean, if you're a superstar, you know, if you're, if you're a rock star, if you're a, a you know, a high powered Wall Street financier, it's, it's a far more transactional process. Um, where it's kind of a win lose. I'm trying to maximize my return. <laughs> if, but in the in the typical negotiation, you're you're really trying to to uh, you know establish a collaborative relationship with with your employer and and uh, your hiring manager. So, you know, fundamentally, you know, we we suggest people, you know, they get the offer, you take a few days to look at it, think about it, and then focus on, you know, two things. Number one, what are all the wonderful things about this job? What are all the wonderful things about this offer? And certainly maybe leading with communicating that. But what are the, you know, one, two, three things that uh, you're hoping for, you know, something different? Um, And the way you approach it is kind of a a collaborative, you know, looking for a win-win solution where you are um, 
seeking first to understand, you know, the uh, the reasons for the offer, uh, sharing that you were hoping for something different, um, you know, and and being able to specify what that is, and then asking if there's any flexibility, you know, around those specific things. Um, who knows how the hiring manager or the recruiter will respond, but the conversation unfolds from there. Well, what do you enjoy about working with students on their career transitions? I mean, as you mentioned, every student is their their own situation, their their own case. Well, the unique uniqueness, of course, is is one part of that. But I think I think the thing that is also very gratifying is that process of of discovery that the students are are trying to get their arms around. And in in many cases, these transitions or transformations are complex. There's a tremendous amount of uncertainty. Um, you don't control a lot in the process. You don't control the availability of opportunities. You don't control the hiring decisions of other people or the promotion decisions of other people if you're climbing. Um, if you're starting your own business um, or trying to launch that, you know, there it is a, a process of effectuation where, you know, the the pathways are 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 not specified. So um, I, I think it is the the thing that I enjoy perhaps most about this is taking on and working with students around that tr- tremendously ambiguous um, situation, establishing you know clarity, as I said, clarity and direction within the face of that, and uh, and then working through that process to achieve whatever those goals are. Uh, oftentimes those goals aren't clear from the beginning uh, or what that end state looks like. And, uh, uh, you know, it's a good day in a career coach's life when uh, people are able to, to land whatever that next opportunity is or that, you know, achieve that, that promotion or that move within another to a more fulfilling role within their organizations or to, uh, to begin the launch of their business. Well, I believe you also have a counseling background is that is that right jim uh if i'm thinking about your your educational background uh, is that is that helpful to you in the work that you do uh yeah i think yeah certainly to to a certain extent because there there's there's certainly a you know a, an emotional component to this process it's not just a, a you know a a transitional uh a trans uh transactional um you know matter of fact uh, you know, uh, process. Um, so I, I started my career, if you go back far enough, as a clinical psychologist. I had a, a master's in that. I was at one time in my life a licensed professional counselor. I've let that lapse because it's not necessary to keep that up as a career coach. So that, that lapsed probably, I don't know, six, seven years ago. Um, but I find that to be, you know, the, the skills associated with that, the skills of listening, the skills of reflecting back what you're hearing, the skills of helping, you know, students clarify what it is they're wrestling with and then be able to step those down into some sort of plans and then and then take and then to act on those plans uh, I think all come from from a coaching or counseling background so so yes I think those skills serve serve me fairly well you're right to, to note the emotional aspect there are ups and, and downs for students um, as you as you navigate all, all of this as you were describing, sort of arc of the job search process, moving from a place of ambiguity to uh, perhaps a place of clarity, and, and you, you find that op- opportunity. Um, it strikes me as some, maybe somewhat similar to the MBA journey that a lot of our prospective students are, are on. Because you ask these questions about, you know, do I want to take this step? Do I want to 
do this degree? And then you start asking, maybe you test that by having some conversations with people at work and people who have taken a similar uh, path. And then you say, okay, well, this is starting to look like a thing I want to do. What programs are out there? And so maybe you get a little bit further down uh, that road, then you start applying. And, and that's also a time of ambiguity, right? Uh, you've applied, you've put applications out there, you're not certain of, of the outcome. I mean, it. and then of course, if you are admitted and decide to accept an offer, that's great. You're, you're starting a program. It's, it's not too dissimilar from the from the career process now that I think about it. I think there's direct parallels. Of course, then once you once you get accepted, once you start the program, then there's additional questions like, oh my God, what have I gotten myself into? <laughs> And uh, and how am I ever going to make this work? <laughs> but they but they do make it work, which is something I admire and respect about the exec MBAs. Well, Jim, uh, last question for you. Um, we normally ask people for a piece of advice for our listeners, but I'm going to ask a slight variation on that. Uh, what's a favorite piece of career advice that you like to share with with folks? I imagine, given the work that you do, you have people come up to you all the time uh, and say, "Hey, Jim, uh, I, you know, thinking about my career." Uh, wh- where do you recommend that I start, or what's what's one tip uh, for me? So, what would you share? Hmm. I, I guess uh, for me, it's this is a unique opportunity that you have as a, as a working professional MBA student. You will never, well, in all likelihood, you will never have a an arena in your life where you have the the opportunity to explore and really, you know, you know think more broadly and advance your thinking about who you are and where you're going. Uh, and, and, you know, w- once you get out of the program, you, you know, you, t- you tend to get, you know, locked into a path because you made some, some major fundamental decisions that have really, you know, defined, if you will, you know, what the next, you know, 10 years of your life are going to look like more, more than likely. Uh, it's not that those decisions can't be revisited, but this is an opportunity to really open your aperture, uh, look more broadly, you know, step outside, you know, the, the gate of the garden you've been tending, you know, walk in that out into that, you know, you know, field of, you know, career choices and and pathways, industries and functions and pick up a bunch of rocks, look underneath them, you know, see what really uh, strikes your interest or captures your imagination. Um, And I guess, and the second piece would be to engage, to engage with your, your, your fellow students to engage with the faculty, to engage with the you know career services, and to engage with engage with the alumni, uh, a very supportive group, to uh, to help you not only explore but but think about you know the the direction in which you want to head, and to use that that network, that village, if you will, to uh, to support the transformation you have in mind. I love the extended metaphor of, so you're in a garden, you're tending the garden, and now you want to go explore in a green field of, of opportunity and, and look under the rocks. It's, it's very visual. I can, I can see it. I can see it, Jim. Yeah, I'm thinking of myself when I was a 12-year-old. You know, I'd <laughs> walk out in that field and pick up rocks and see what kind of critters were underneath them. But we're looking for, for, for career paths as opposed to critters. Well, Jim, thank you as always for coming on the podcast. It's great, great talking with you. And thank you for sharing uh, your knowledge, your expertise with with our listeners. One of the things I really enjoy about these career conversations on the podcast in particular is that there's really like a lot of practical stuff people can take away from the conversation uh, to, to really utilize 
even as they consider their own career paths uh, before before they may join the program. So I, I really appreciate that. Oh, delighted to do it. And uh, so if I have a uh, just a word for the you know, the stu- prospective students that are going to be listening to this, you know, very much looking forward to uh, to meeting with you, working with you on your career journey, uh, helping you achieve what those objectives are if you uh, if you come to Darden. And if you do choose to, which I would encourage you to do, <laughs> to come to Darden, um, you know, engage with us early prior to matriculation. I mean, it, it is not uncommon to work with students to begin their career exploration and, uh, and transitions uh, well before they, uh, they show up for leadership residency one. Well, thank you so much, Jim. Good luck uh, as you as you finish up PAC and you work with the second year students on really kind of a heavy operational time for them as they apply for jobs. But uh, thank you so much for coming on the show. Oh, my pleasure. Uh, always happy to do this. Uh, delightful to see you again, Brett. And that was my interview with Jim Collins, an executive career coach supporting working professional students here at the Darden School of Business. As always, if you have any comments, suggestions, requests, anything you'd like for us to cover here on the podcast, we're all ears. We can be reached at exec, that's E-X-E-C, MBA at darden.virginia.edu. Until next time, stay safe, be well, and thanks for listening.